Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. You guys ready for some gospel? I always say that's all we got here. Some people are getting ready to hear bad news, but you guys ain't going to hear no bad news. You got nothing but good news here. Nothing but good news. My, my daughter is texting me from my wife's phone. She's like, hi, Dad. And I'm like, my wife calls me Daddy. I had this joke a few years ago that my wife calls me Big Daddy what? Big Daddy J, right? But she doesn't call me Big Daddy J. So I would get my kids around, you know, some of our friends. I'm like, tell them what Mommy calls me. She would be like, Joshua. <laughs> They're just killing everything I got going on here, sailor. What does mommy call me? Joshua. All right, bless the Lord. Let me see here. We're just going to keep talking about identity. Is that okay? Um, by a show of hands, how many people in here, and don't be lying, you know, the Lord don't like ugly. That's what my mom always told me. I don't know why. I'm like, well, there's a lot of folks he don't like then. Because Anyway, she would say the Lord don't like ugly. Um. How many of you guys in here listen to our podcast? If you don't, you should. I'm going to just tell you, you are behind the times. Listen to the podcast. Some of y'all don't know it. You're hearing stuff that, it, that is extremely rare. It's not new. It's just really, really old. It's actually orthodox type. And I'm trying to get more orthodox in how I do it. But I want you to listen. Go back and listen. See, American Christianity. That was a good sermon this week. We, don't even go, we, we think about nothing that we just heard. For the, you know, we, I'm just waiting for the next word. If you could do half of what you already heard, you change the world, myself included. So we, we don't do this because we, we hope to entertain you. At least I, I certainly don't. I pray that what you hear gets down into the foundations of who you are. And the last two weeks have been foundational, really, I think, to our church. Go back and listen. So maybe I'll use this whiteboard. Um, I was going to say for the people at the back on screens, but that ain't happening today. I'm just going to step in and start talking. Is that all right? You know, in America, they want you to read a Bible verse to make it a legal service. But anyway, it don't matter if you quote 37 of them. They want you to read them. Thank you, sir. You're awesome. You got nice calves too, brother. Those are some really nice calves. I mean, I just, I know calves and those are nice calves. Um, don't y'all agree? That man got some nice calves. You got nice calves, Jason. You do. You're like, you're like I got nice calves. <laughs> For some of y'all, I'd be like, you got nice knuckles. You know, like, your knuckles, your knuckles are quite beautiful. You can't take me nowhere. That's all right. My wife feels the same way. Keep me locked up. So we've been talking about uh, just identity a little bit. Everybody say this. Say transformation comes from identity. In other words, when you know whose you are, then you can know who you are. Do you hear that? When you know whose you are, then you can, you can know who you are. I'm going to say it again. When you know whose you are, then you can know who you are. 2 Corinthians 1.30 says, of him, that's capital H, meaning the Father, of the Father, 
you have been put in Christ. So how do we get in Christ? Who did it? The Father. Of the Father, you and I have been put into Christ. Did you have a choice as to whether or not you got put in Adam? But American Christendom has actually tried to convince us that you have a choice as whether or not you're in Christ. I'm telling you, you don't have a choice whether or not you're in Christ. You have a choice whether or not you live like it. You have a choice whether or not you believe it to be true. But you've been put in Christ, whether you know it or not. Of the Father, you have been put into Christ Jesus. So I didn't put myself there. Now, whether or not I believe that matters immensely in how my life is played out or really how my life is laid out. But 164 times in the New Testament, Paul mentions the terminology in Christ. We have been placed in Christ. In is a permanent term. It is a positional term. It is a all-inclusive term. To be in Christ means we are where Christ is. I'm about to say, I'm going to throw my Bible right. To be in Christ is saying that we are where Christ is. Ready for this? To be in Christ also means we are what Christ is. Yeah? And it also means... We, I was going to put another have, I can put we are what he is, but we have what he has as well. It is an inclusive term. It also means we can do the things he did. Everybody say mutual indwelling. This is so important. We are so in Christ. You ready for this? The scripture says this. We are so in Christ that we are literally called his. Where's body? How, how one do I got to be? How close do I got to be to Grant for somebody to say, you're Grant's body? So we are not similar to Christ. No, the Bible says we are in Christ. So, so much for me trying to get close to God. I talked to somebody last week, a family member out of North Carolina. They just said, brother, I'm just not where I'm supposed to be. I'm like, where are you supposed to be? I'm just, I'm really just struggling. I'm just trying to get closer to God. And I said, can you please tell me how you get closer to God? Because I'm, I'm all ears. And of course, I know exactly what they're going to say because I said it for years. I preached it for years. I made you know that you were really distant from God. And they just said, well, I'm not reading my Bible like I'm supposed to. I said, well, how much Bible do you read in order to get close to God? Well, they said, well, you know what I mean. I said, no, you tell me what you mean. Don't assume to tell me what you mean. And then, Matthew, what we do is we pull out the tape measure and we start measuring. I said, well, where are you? How, how, how much are you currently reading? Well, you know, I'm like, you know, um, well, you know, brother, um, glory to God, brother. You know, you got me in a tight spot. No, I said, no, you, you, you started it. What's the, what's the metric for close to God? Because it's different for everybody. Or is it? I mean, so like if you're reading five minutes of that one working, then what would 20 minutes a day do for you to just pull out the tape measure? But there's people that read hours every week and they still say, I need to get closer to God. And he said, well, you know, I just, I mean, I'm not praying like I need to. So I'm trying, I just, I, oh, so does prayer bring you closer to God? And so 
I began to talk to them. I said, let me put you at rest. You cannot ever get any closer to God than you currently are. And he's like, well, that's not a good deal because I'm not really close to God. I said, no, 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 no. Come on, American saint. We're not doing this stuff. Let me tell you, you and I no longer have to try to get close to God because how much closer to God can you get than being in him? Right? We are in Christ Jesus. And you know, the first thing he said was, yeah, but I don't feel, <laughs> let me throw something at you. Stop. Stop trying to feel it and receive what has been done for you. We all want to feel, we want, we want to apprehend everything, what our, our, our senses before we get anything in life. And I'm telling you, we have been put in Christ by the Father. You are so close that the scripture says you are one with him. Jesus says, I'm in you, you're in me, we're in the Father. That's unity. So 164 times you are in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be where? He or she is a new creation. Old things are what? He didn't say passing away. This is, it's all finished. The, every, everything is finished. He said old things have passed away and behold, look now, set your gaze this way. Behold now, all things are what? But it don't look like everything's made new. I'm not, I'm not telling you about what it looks like. I'm telling you what it is. It is new. All things are new. If any man be in Christ Jesus, that's identity. All things have become new. Remember last week we talked about the Garden of Eden experience. What was the sin of Adam and the sin of Eve? They thought that by eating the fruit... They could become like God when the scripture plainly says God, their father, had already made them in his image. So what were you trying to become like? The most frustrating thing that any of us have ever done is to try to do something that was already done. What is the essence of religion? Religion will make you fight a battle that has already been fought for you. Religion will try to make you attain something that has already been given to you. Listen, and what I just said, religion will always try to make you dot another I and cross another T to try to get you closer to God, the essence of religion. But what did Eve not know is you don't have to try to do something in this case, eat fruit to become closer to God because you are already made in his image and in his likeness. Whoa. Think about it for a minute. Think about it for a minute. Think about it for a minute. So if in the, in, in all the way back to Eden, if, if, if in Eden I was already made in the image and likeness of God and the creator reserves the right himself to define for creation who they are and their purpose, if the producer holds to himself the right to tell the product what it is, 
and what it's on the earth for if the painter holds the right to himself, not just to paint the portrait, but to define the, what, what he wants the portrait to be. If the potter gets to hold the right to himself to tell the clay what it is and what he makes it out to be, then our identity should not be self-imposed. Because I didn't make myself. Psalms 104 says, it is he, meaning the Lord, that hath made us and not we ourselves. We don't want to be self-made people. Our identity does not come from what we do. Or you Write this down. Your identity does not come from what you do. Because some of us think, well, I'm just, you know, I'm a fireman. No, you're not a fireman. Fireman is what you do. You are a son or a daughter of God who's a fireman. Well, I'm a, I, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a chef. No, you are not a chef. Cooking is what you do. You are a son or a daughter who happens to, to be cooking as a chef. So my identity is not defined by what I do. You listening? Ready for this? Nor is your identity defined by By what? Ooh, your identity is not defined by what happened to you. Did you hear that? If we were defined by the things that happened to us, then I am bound to be a divorcee because my parents got divorced. I'm bound to be an adulterer because my dad committed adultery as a pastor. then I would have to be poor my whole life because I was raised pretty much in poverty. It's freeing for me to know that my identity doesn't have to come from what I do and it doesn't have to come from what happened to me or you can say it doesn't have to come from your experience because we've all experienced it. You don't know it, but on, on your road that you're sitting on, it's filled with X-somethings. Every one of us. Every one of us. But what does the father say over the sons of God? Because he alone is the one that labels us. So somebody tell me something that you've struggled with in life. Just not good stuff. Just something. Michael, what about you? Where's Michael at? He told me something one time. Michael Wooder, where are you at, Michael? What's, what's been an issue for you in life? Just so. What would, you, what, would, what would you call that? What? Label. That. Was that a real experience? Yes. Was that what the Heavenly Father would have spoken over him? 100% not. Somebody else. Insecurity. Okay. That's a real experience. I take that label. Now notice, it is possible in life to get multiple labels on one person. Like, Jesus. Somebody else. I was adopted. adopted. Get a label. Somebody else. An addict. Of God knows what, right? You can pick. You can pick. We always think the worst thing. You might might be an addict to uh, the Krispy Kreme. You might have an addict of gossiping. You can, you, can, you can be addicted to small thinking. Like, right? You can be addicted to religion, too. 
Ask me how I know. Right? Somebody else? Fear. What's that? Teen pregnancy. Happens. Come on. Anxiety. Isn't that one so real today? Depression. <laughs> Got two more. Self-doubt. What? Think about that. Stuff we don't think of. One more. What's that? Bipolar. Bipolar. So we end up going through life and we get a thousand labels on us and we end up trying to figure out who am I? So naturally my identity, well, what do I do? But if my identity is not in what I do, then most of us flip to what has happened to me. And I'm telling you, man, it can be a very, very confusing journey trying to cipher through all of your experiences, all of your passions, all of your attractions, trying to figure out who in the heck am I supposed to be? Like, who am I? I'm going to be honest with you, man. You can read the Bible and get really messed up in your identity if you don't read it from the right lens. Listen, listen, listen. I made a statement, I think it was last week or the week before, that Adam, most of us, when we look to find out our identity, a lot of people go back to Adam. That's a bad, that's bad news blues. And I have no clue why this is not one to erase, but I'm telling you what, this whiteboard don't know his identity. <laughs> if he knew who he was, he'd be acting different, right? Remember this, Adam, Adam is not the example for humanity. Did you hear what I just said? Adam is not the example of what it means to be human. Jesus Christ is the example of what it means to be human. No, did you hear what I just said? Jesus Christ is the example of what it means to be fully human and yet fully alive to God. Jesus Christ teaches us what it's like to live in a world filled with temptations Issues, racial issues, major in his day. Political issues, major in his day. A lot like 2022. But yet still be human and love God and go through life and live victorious. Right? Remember this. We talked about this last week. We, you and I, we are not sinners saved by grace. So I'm not an addict or a person of anxiety or, you know, whatever you want the label to be. As soon as you make sinner who you are, because you said, I am a sinner. When you say that, I am a sinner saved by grace, then you're just a sinner who keeps trying to obtain grace. But when you confess, I am a sinner, you just put identity in that statement without even recognizing it. I'm... T- And when your confession is, I am a sinner, you just gave grace for your life to keep sinning. Because even the scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, then so is he. You just empowered yourself to stay in dysfunction. So I never tell anybody, no, you are not a sinner saved by grace. You are a son or daughter of God who was saved by grace, who used to be a sinner. But you no longer are. You were a sinner for about that long and then poof. 
son or daughter of God, now saved by grace. And I want you to hear this, this next statement that I'm going to make to you, because this is so real to me in regards to our life. You ready for this? Hope so. Here we go. I want to talk about temptation and identity. I used to define myself. Is it okay if I'm not like churchy with you? I used to define myself not only by what I did in the good, I defined myself by what I did in the bad. And so, like, I mean, I, when it came to lust, like, I felt like, Paul, I'm the chief among sinners, right? I used to tell the story of one time walking with my mom in a, in a Piggly Wiggly. Y'all know nothing about no Piggly Wiggly, but I'm telling you, what, Piggly Wiggly boy, whoo, that's not Jesus' grocery store. Like, it smelled like a pig in Piggly Wiggly. So I am in Piggly Wiggly. Michael, you responded really fast to that. You know about Piggly Wiggly? Wes, you ever been to Piggly Wiggly? You don't want to go. Don't, don't go to Piggly Wiggly. So I'm in Piggly Wiggly with my mom. True story. I'm walking behind my mom. I'm like, I'm almost getting ready to graduate. All right, this, this is BC days. This is my before Christ. <laughs> this is my before Christ. I'm like, what, BC? What is BC, pastor? <laughs> I'm walking behind my mom in the grocery store, and my mom is in front of me. You know, she's pulling stuff off the shelf, and I'm stopping and waiting on my mom. And this really pretty girl, like all the way down at the end of the aisle, just kind of stepped on the aisle and was grabbing something and was walking by. Well, you know, I'm supposed to be paying attention to my mom. Do y'all know what a flat tire is? <laughs> like, do y'all know what a flat tire is? I gave my mom a flat I mean, I was like full pace walking, like. And Piggly Wiggly had them old rusty metal carts, too. I mean, I mean, just like with spikes on the front of it. Like, I almost... <laughs> Like, boom, like, oh, dang, my mom's sad. And my mom was literally, she was like, she was like, what are you doing? I was too embarrassed to tell her. Really what I was doing was looking at that lady that just walked by down there, mom. So I just made up something stupid. You know, I don't remember what I said, but I just made up a lie. But I thought, I'm just, and, and to, for me to go out and go anywhere, that was my daily struggle. Okay, for, for my American Christians, which is all of us, this is after I said the prayer. I'm telling you the prayer was, <laughs> I'm like, I said the prayer. Can I be honest with you? I didn't want to like go find temptation. I didn't want to do that, but boy, it kept happening. And guess what I ended up labeling myself as for years was that. Then it was full blown, you know, then the pornography thing begins to engross my life for 10 or, 10 or so years. And before long, I am just this Christian, this sinner saved by grace. And evidently, this is my issue for my life. And I begin to identify myself by the places I missed it. We see it not in the Bible a lot, but in the headings of the Bible. Like we call a blind guy, we call him, we identify him by his dysfunction. Now, y'all ain't never did that in real life. I'm just talking about stuff that I've done in the Bible. The, the dude spent more time seeing than he was blind, and we still call him. Listen, listen to this. Watch this. Watch how we label people in the areas they missed it. Woman with the issue of. Why do, we, why do we label people in their area of their issue? You know, like Grant the Gossiper. Now, that's very Christian-like of us, isn't it? But we all do it somewhere in our mind. I labeled myself 
by my own issues. I want you to hear this. This is worth you taking notes on right here. You are not the temptations that you resist. Boy, that was so freeing to me. And I want to be honest with you. I hate any kind of struggle. And guess what? I have my own. But it is freeing to understand that just because you have a temptation, that does not mean that's who you are. Nor will you always have that temptation. How many of you guys have ever had to change your diet because your life depended on it? Probably three people in the room, but some of us have had to. When you have to change your appetite, your body, your taste buds are accustomed to craving certain things. And you can get to a point like, man, is it possible for me to never, ever crave that again? I want to tell you, it is possible to never, ever crave some of the stuff that you used to crave. You are not the temptations that you used to resist. So I'm telling you, quit defining yourself by your struggle. Do you have it? I don't know. Maybe you do, but that's not who you are. Even if you did it a time or two, it's still not who you are. This is such a big deal. So I used to love to tell lies. So you know what I got a name for in school? You are a, and everybody called me that. I'm a liar. Now you'd never know that because I've so shed that label. That thing ceased to exist in my life. By the help of Christ. So temptation and identity. We as Christians have to stop seeing ourselves through the lens of our struggle, but start seeing ourselves based off what the Father has spoken over us. And I want to teach you today in a real simple way how to add strength to your identity. If you got a Bible, look, open up your Bibles to Philemon 1.6. That's the book you ain't never read before. It's somewhere in the new covenant, brother. I know it is somewhere in there. Like, Look up that. Matter of fact, I'm going to wait. Somebody just look it up and read that when you get it. First person, chapter one, verse six. Just shout it out. So that the fellowship of your faith may operate in a full knowledge of every good thing in you Jesus Christ. Good one. Another translation. Multiple. What translation is that, by the way? That's a literal. That's a literal. Somebody read another one. Ooh, that's a good one. Got another one? That's got anything different? Read. Go ahead. Taylor, read that translation as loud as you can. That the sharing of your faith may become what? How many, how many want to be more effective? How do I become more effective? Read that, that, that B clause. He says your faith becomes more effective in your life when you acknowledge every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. If me acknowledging the good things, it didn't say I have to be doing the good things or I'm even operating in the good things. He said, no, it starts by you acknowledging it. Listen to what I'm telling you. By acknowledging every good thing which has already been put in you by Christ Jesus. Now, if you can become, a, your faith can become effective by acknowledging every good thing that is already in you by Christ Jesus, then the antithesis is also true. 
What happens when we begin to acknowledge every negative thing in us that was not put there by Christ Jesus? What, what area do we end up becoming effective in then? And we have all done it. So, you know what? I begin to tell myself, God, I am, I am not going to be an adulterer. Because I'm just telling you, the men in my family were replete with it. Watch this. Watch this. I'm, sing- I'm, I'm single. I'm not going to live in fornication. Because Christ, I know you didn't make me to do that. Even when I had the struggle and the temptation. And come on, when you look like the rock, now come on, just, you know, just, anyway. <laughs> the, rock, the rock of Mowgli, right? So even, even when you have the temptation... I'm making the confession over my life of who I am in Christ even when I didn't feel it. But you said my faith will become effectual in me by me acknowledging everything that's in me that's in Christ Jesus. Ooh. So no, I'm not going to be an adulterer. No, I'm going to keep my marriage. These are, these are my issues. I will have eyes of purity. I don't got to be insecure around other men because of the kind of car they drive, the neighborhood they live in, what they do for a living. Y'all ain't never struggled with a heavy. Huh? Their social media posts about their family because their family is awesome. And I go in my house and I got, you know, slime on the floor. Legos. And this is after I cleaned it. And I'm scrolling through social media to try to find a post. They give me some encouragement, something that says, like, you don't have to be perfect. I'm like, I'm looking for one of them posts. But he says your faith becomes effective when you begin to acknowledge everything that is in you that's been put there by Christ Jesus. So I can start saying things like, you know what? Maybe I am blessed by Christ outside of my own performance. And I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I say stuff over me. Until it, it comes alive in me. Because there's stuff I know to be true, but it ain't true in me yet. I'm like, God, I know that's true, but why is it not true in me? And I just start, confession is powerful, man. And I just start confessing until actually it begins to give direction to my life. Do you know, for me, I was raised from the age of 15 to 18. I live without electricity, okay? So when I tell you, like, poverty was a mindset that was given to me. I'm telling you, poverty was a mindset that was given to me. My parents didn't ask for that lifestyle. That's just what, that's just what happened, okay? I kind of inherited that. So how do we break a certain mindset off? Because if it was as easy as walking up and grabbing it, we would all think differently. It got there because of an experience. It got there because you heard something over and over and over again. And before long, this thing is set in concrete in your mind. And guess what? I became effective in poverty because we acknowledged it all the time. Real talk. This is pretty common from where like Chris and I are from. I, I remember we would be out at friends' houses sometimes and it would be time for us to go. We would be at church members' houses because my dad was a pastor and he would say, all right, let's get together. It's time to go back to the poorhouse. And I'm, I'm like the, 
it was, it was, it was common. And I look at now at how I grew up with, and it was a poor house, but we acknowledged it. We literally put faith in that statement. So we didn't think it was wrong to struggle. But do you know what it's like to look in a mirror, which I made some sticky notes, some actual sticky notes this week to stick on my own mirror. And to say that I will never be in debt another day of my life. Do you know what it's like to look in a mirror, even in the midst of your struggle, and say this marriage will be a godly one? That my great, 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 great grandkids will talk about. I literally sat down and I prayed this week. I said, Lord, I pray that what you do in my life will become so effectual that my great, 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 10 generations away from me will say, you know what? I had a great, 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 great granddad. He did not have the easiest life. Grew up in the armpit of religion, but he by faith believed in the new covenant and he by faith believed that he could actually make a difference in his life that could affect 10 generations to come. I'm telling you, Jesus said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. No, hear the revelation, hold your applause. He didn't say you get it when it comes into your hand. He said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them instantly but it comes as a secondary consequence of your confession of what he has already done for you Jesus Jesus so to, for me to sit in my home and to have a God encounter outside of church was that was a far-fetched thing for me until it began to happen by way of acknowledgement so no, I don't got to be poor. No, I don't got to be an adulterer. Yes, I can have a good marriage. No, I don't got to live full of anxiety all the days of my life. No, I don't got to. And you just begin to take off labels. I'm telling you through acknowledgement consistently in Christ, labels can come off your life. And what happens when you get every single label off your life, when there are no more labels, you know what you're going to find? Who you really were meant to be in the beginning. And it was always son. It was always beloved. It was always his. Before the failures, before the phobias and the fears, before the insufficiency, before any of the lack, whose were you then? I'm telling you, the scripture says God chose us in Christ, Ephesians 1, 3, and 4, before the foundations of the world, before anybody had ever a chance to put one label on you. God says, I saw you and I called you mine. So if there is a label on you, I got something up under it. I called you mine. Come on, Taylor. Go ahead and end it. I called you mine. I called you mine. Everybody say this. Say what you don't use you eventually lose. Had a friend that went into the hospital for something with their lungs, actually. And they were in the hospital for three months and they never used their legs. And I remember, Matt, it was my friend's mom and we went to go pick her up from the hospital. I was using my vehicle to pick her up. And I was sitting in the room as the doctor was talking to her, and the doctor said, we're going, now we're going to get her scheduled for physical therapy. And my friend was like, physical therapy? She was in there for her lungs. He said, no, you don't understand. He said, your mom is going to have to learn how to walk again. He said, why? He said, because she hadn't used her legs in over three months, almost four.
And I'm sitting, I'm thinking, man, just because she didn't use it, she became really weak in that area to the point of literally losing it. And I think a lot of us, we've so not really put a demand on our identity that we have legitimately like lost it. I want to get back to the orthodox part of our faith. I can tell you some things. You would, you would think that's new age. I'm talking about things like meditation that God gave us before anybody else ever, before anybody else ever polluted them. Do you know that your fathers did chance? Do you actually understand that the people that let the canon of this book be together? I'm so grateful for what we have in America, but I'm telling you, if this church blew over tomorrow, I wouldn't miss a beat. Because he's God. In that 15 feet of backyard that I have, <laughs> believe him for more. Or he's God in Home Depot, or he's God in one of these buildings that we call a church, which they're not, but we are. We're going to get back to making confessions again. Every night I confess over my kids because I'm trying to grant I want my kids to know something different about themselves than I did. Say, every day can finish them now. Every night I say, I say, 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 Anna, say this to me. Say, I'm beautiful. And she'll say, I'm beautiful. And I say, Anna, say, I'm handsome. And say, I'm handsome. I say, say, I'm smart. And they'll say, I'm smart. Because, see, I really struggle with education. I got maybe a fifth grade education on paper, maybe. And I'll say this, say I'm bold, and they'll say I'm bold. I'll say, say I'm brave, and they'll say I'm brave. And still to this day, sometimes with my own insecurities, I'll say, and I'll repeat after daddy, I'm not afraid, and they'll say I'm not afraid. And I'll say, to do hard things, to do hard things. And I'll say, repeat after daddy, I'm not afraid, and I'll say I'm not afraid to try something I've never done before, to try something I've never done before. And I'm mingling scripture in there with it now. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. They'll say, I'm the righteousness in God of Christ Jesus. They don't know what that means yet. But all I'm doing is I'm teaching them for their faith to be affected by the acknowledgement of every good thing that is in them through Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ. It's when we're workout being and, and honors having a bad attitude. And, and, and Ben will say, hey, well, hey, what did we learn this week? And what is it we say about a good attitude? Win or lose, that honor's like, win or lose, have a good attitude. <laughs> it's like, win or lose, have a good attitude. And he's just like. <laughs> I say, repeat after me. I'm going to go further. I'm going to go further. I'm going to do more. I'm going to do more. I'm going to become more. I'm going to become more. And all those before me. And then I always say, repeat after me. I'm the leader of my class. Sometimes sailors say, no, I'm not. I say, yes, you are. You're the leader of your class. And you know what? She's seven. You know what she'll say to me, Matt? If I say you're not the leader, she'll say, yeah, but I'm not reading like I'm supposed to. Do you understand how easy it is at such a young age to start looking at where you're missing it and you're already telling yourself what you cannot do? What about this confession? But if God be for me, who can be against me? Ready for this? If God be for me, what can I build? If God be for me, what can I start? 
And I'm not going to let my kids lose who they are in the kingdom because they refuse to lose it. So if you've changed your identity and if you've changed your identity into your temptation, I want to tell you tonight, God is going to remove that from you and he's going to not label you. What is the word I'm looking for, Holy Spirit? He's going to brand you. That's the word. He's going to brand you. You know, you brand you don't label a cow, you brand the cow. So if that cow ever leaves its pasture and wanders over into the neighbors, they can look at the brand on them and say, you know what, you don't belong here, you belong there. And I pray that some people in this room that you feel so uncomfortable being places you're not supposed to be, because you know who you are. And I just hear this come back home. The prodigal son. I ain't going to mess with you, Miss Danielle. I'm going to be nice. But the prodigal son was at the point he was fixing to eat pig slop. A Jewish person who swine were unclean to them, but he's he's at that point. And you know what the Bible says? At the point where he was fixing to ingest that, it says this. But he came to himself. (gasps) Identity coming. I'm not supposed to be here, man. My dad's a wealthy man. What am I doing here? Watch where his identity went back to. My dad is. But I'm not supposed to be here right now. What am I doing here? My dad is. My dad has food to, food to spare. The servants are living better than me. My dad is. And he had an identity crisis, but he, he came to himself and, this is not who I am in Christ. It's not who you are in Christ Jesus. Stand to your feet with me. A bold move today. If you know that you have been effectively wearing a label, I want you to step out of your seat and come up front. Because I'm telling you, by way of the Holy Spirit, labels get removed today. And I'm telling you, you're going to receive a fresh branding. You're going to be reminded of who you are. If that's you, step out. Come on. Come on, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm going to tell you something. Some of this, rem- <laughs> Some of this even involves business. Gosh, man. I don't know why just this thing about finances keeps coming up in my mind, but I'm just telling you, God's going to remove some labels today. He's going to remove the label today, and you know what I hear the Lord saying? There ain't going to be no sticky residue left behind either. You won't be able to say, that's where the label was. No, God says, I'm removing that as well. I'm removing that as well. Whoa, whoa. Come on, if you're in this room and you're not up here, would you just extend your hands toward your family? We're getting ready to pray. I want you to pray for them like they were your kids. Pray for them like it was your spouse. And some of you are going to have to forgive some of the people who put a label on you. That'll happen as well. Father, right now in Jesus' name, by way of the Holy Spirit, I thank you, Lord, that you remove... and obliterate every label that's ever been put on us. Every label that said you can't do that. Every label that says you can't be that individual. Every label that says a person of your ethnicity can't do that. Every label that says a person of your financial status cannot do that. 
even labels in your mind that say things like this. You don't know the people to make that happen. I want to remove that label from you right now in Jesus' name. And here's what I want you to do by faith. I want you to see the hand of Jesus grabbing the label off of your chest right now and removing it from you right now. See him doing that because he is doing that. See him doing that right now. He is effectively removing the label. See him doing that right now in Jesus' name. I take it off of you now in Jesus' name. All the insecurity, all of the anxiety, all of the excess baggage, all of the negative things that have been spoken over your life, I take that off of you now in Jesus' name by way of God's Spirit. I remove that off of you right now in Jesus' name. Some of you have even been effective affected physically in your body and even in your emotions because of labels. But I'm telling you, you're fixing to see a physical difference, an emotional difference, a mental difference by the removal of the label in Jesus' name. Jesus, you have to do it. You have to do it. You have to do it. Now here's what I want you to do. I want your faith to become effective right now by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Now, what do you think Christ will be saying over you in that area? And I want you to begin to voice it out right now. Come on. Come on, begin to voice it out. I am healed in my emotions. I am in Jesus' name. I am the son or daughter that you want me to be. I am in Jesus' name because you did that for me, Jesus. Come on, begin to voice that thing out. Speak over your business. I'm telling you, make a confession over your business. Do it until you actually believe it can actually happen in Jesus' name. I told some friends this week, you better get ready for an unusual pace happening in the business world. I'm telling you, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Remove the label, Jesus. Show. I'm just going to ask Parker just to put some, some worship on at the back. And if you guys want to stay, you can stay, but I'm absolutely done. Um, I want to release you guys to go get your kids if you want to. But I want to tell you something. We've changed. We've transferred over. We're post-cross. We're post-cross. We're going to know who we are. Love you guys. I hope you have an amazing week. God bless you. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church, or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.